just taking in, um, this is the kind of the first official <laughs> um, it, space or um, opportunity to welcome kids into the room. Um, we have been trying for years. Um, Brooklyn Zen Center was founded 17 years ago, maybe something like that, 18, coming on 18? Okay, 18 years old now. And um, when we started, it was only three, three people. And um, at the time I was not a parent. Um, then I, I believed somehow Zen practice had given me spaciousness to even proceed, like to, to imagine there's a being right here that is ready to come forward. Just felt very close when I, I heard that calling to be a mother. And um, that was, uh, well, my son is right now four, 13 years old. So that, that's been 13 years and um, I was just so um, afraid, actually, to bring my son into this, this kind of zazen um, periods. There weren't many other parents and no kids. And so um, I could have, you know, kept pushing for it. Um, and at the time, my practice was that I was um, feeling so uncomfortable to come with him and to be vulnerable that way because I needed to take care of him. I couldn't ask for help. I could have. Um, so it actually, I, this morning I was sitting and I heard Sid um, walk several times to the bath bathroom direction. I, I wasn't quite sure what he was doing. <laughs> but just that footsteps. And um, I, I just teared up a little bit that um, this space has has uh, kind of potentiality now to be a community where um, many beings are invited. And I feel that we have this um, capacity to be, so this is, this is the um, theme or actually a practice that I would like to invite all of us today is the practice of equanimity. Equanimity? Um, am I pronouncing it right? Equanimity? Okay. Evenness. Do you know equanimity? No, <laughs> it's feeling balanced, right? So I hope to invite all of us um, into this room today, holding, um, you know, not so many little kids, but if there are little kids, they'll be moving around. Um, you, you know, you're welcome to move around too if you need to. Um, if you're younger in the room and older as well, if you need to. 
uh, our practice here is to um, be like a mountain a little bit. So equanimity, um, the practice of equanimity is kind of finding your own seat in this upright posture that um, in this tradition, zazen, zazen is our practice. And in zazen, we're encouraged to um, hold this posture of uprightness, spine upright, because then we can breathe better. Spine upright because we can take our shoulders back and down and just relax and really rely on this structure, the bones, the spines that are supporting our body, organs. Um, so it is a, a practice of care, bringing very close care to your body, you know, what's happening right now as we sit. Because there's a lot of stuff that, I bet there's a lot of stuff that comes up, right? In, in Zazen, a lot of tightness, a lot of people. So who, who are, actually, I see so many people I haven't seen. I, and I see people I've seen before, but who's the first timers here today? Okay, so quite a, okay, welcome. Many people are here as beginners. And one of our practice is to um, the posture, you know, and the posture, uh, we have this instruction to sit still um, any way that would hold your spine upright. You could be sitting on the chair if you need to. The crossing legs, you are always coordinating and inquiring into what's most helpful for your body to be still and not um, harm your body. And um, we just sitting like this is a way to practice equanimity because there's so much that happens when you're sitting, right? When you start sitting, there's a lot of movement that you're pulled here and there. Um, that's, and of course, you know, when we practice many years, that's the same. The thoughts, the feelings, sensations, they're always um, present in the sitting. And our practice is to um, Take care. Take care of all the visitors, we say visitors, that come into our sitting practice. When I, um, so equanimity is something that I've been kind of chewing on as a practice. And it is actually in uh, insight. I don't know if you know insight meditation lineage. In insight meditation lineage, and perhaps in, in Theravada uh, lineage, there is a practice um, of, uh, it's called um, Brahma Vihara. Okay, Brahma Vihara. It is the practice of heart, uh, aspects of love 
that's a, a kind of a new translation that I heard um, when I was reading um, an article, the writing by Kyra Jewell, Aspects of Love. And she referred to this image of um, sun, four kinds of sun. So um, there's four, right? Four abodes, abodes of love, abodes of di divine abode, abodes, abodes. And uh, one of them is metta, which is loving kindness. So this is something that we, in this lineage as well, we have a chanting chant called metta sutta. And it is um, a way to... Uh, gather our intention, aspiration, concentration into um, kindness, tenderness, lovingness. Very necessary. Um, so that's one abode. And that sun, right, sun quality. It, uh, is referred to as um, bright sun in afternoon. So sun shining bright and um, powerful, right? This kind of commitment to be kind. And then there's second one uh, is um, compassion, karuna. And um, is that karuna, compassion? Yeah, karuna. That's in Pali, by the way. And um, karuna, the, the sun quality is um, sun setting in the evening, sunset. Like a beautiful um, going down, right? Like kind of saying, uh, end of the day, um, moving towards something darker, perhaps. And so there is this sense of like, almost like a fall, right? When there's a, the season fall, things are, have a horizon and then th things are setting, going towards death, winter. So there's a sense of, uh, suffering uh, that we all as human beings experience which is impermanence nothing lasts you know we're all moving towards death dying as long as we have been born that is unavoidable right so there's that sense of uh, compassion recognizing that there is pain things are impermanent there's suffering in the world and that sun is so close to that heart of, of heartbreak and, and feeling it close. You know, just like uh, what's happening out in the world right now. So many people, so many people suffering. It's hard to imagine. how that would actually feel like to be right there going through that pain. 
So that's another quality that we encourage to practice, aspects of love. The third aspect of love is um, sympath sympathetic joy. It's also called, um, there was something that is called, I, I remember sympathetic. Mudita. Mudita is Pali, but there was another translation that I thought was really nice. Do you know anybody? No? Sympathetic joy is a joy that is not discriminative. Joy that brightens up when someone else is in joy, you know? So it's like when someone's laughing, you automatically, there's a joy in you. And some, someone's happy, there's a joy, right? And that sun is a rising sun, fresh in the morning. The last one, what do you think it would be? This is the equanimity, the aspects of love, the fourth quality, equanimity. This is an image that we often see, um, actually see in the paintings too, but also talk about in Zen, which is the um, moon, full moon in the sky, right? in the darkness. So I've been thinking about this image, you know, of the full moon and how equanimity, how that is, you know. And I have been thinking about it. Um, and, and what comes to me is this sense of, so the moon is not really shining the light on us, it's, it's a reflection of the sun, right? So there is a, it's receptive, you know, it's, it's being sh shown upon, it's receiving it. And um, I encourage all of us to feel that quality of receptivity. Maybe Maybe something you can think of recently that you have received. Maybe there's a challenge that you have right now in your life. So let's close our eyes for a moment and feel into, is there anything that you have received recently that this quality of love, right, warmth. How you are fueled, how you are nourished and cared for by someone. Could have been a hug, could have been a handshake, could have been a word. And if that's hard, it could be a, some kind of picture you've seen, a landscape. Anything that felt nourishing for your life. And if there are certain things in your life that's very challenging right now, you can feel into that challenge. 
in your body. Your quality of your body, feel into perhaps there's some kind of tightness when there's a challenge. And see if you can stay with that for a moment. Stay with that challenge. Stay with that breath. How that challenge feels in your body. You can even label it, name it. You know, you could label it as a frustration or feeling small, you know, comparing mind, somebody dismissing you with disrespect, anything that made you feel very challenged. And then inquire, what, it's, what does it feel like if you had a, a full moon right there with that challenge? Right there with you. What do you need? What do you need in that challenge? Could be just a, a, a word. So that kind of um, patience, you know, kind of patience to wait, receive, being with, that's an aspect of equanimity, you know, patience. I um, wanted to um, introduce a story of equanimity. And this is a story from um, 17th century Japan. He's a, a Zen master. His name is Hakuin. And some of you may have heard this story about Hakuin. By the way, he's the master who um, some of you may know uh, ha ha uh, have come up with this koan or proposed this um, koan, which is, what is the sound of one hand clapping? This is a koan that uh, some of you might have heard. But this story revolves around his um, equanimity and I'll just read it to you. So Hakuin was greatly respected teacher and had many disciples. 
at one time in his life, he lived in a village hermitage close to a food shop run by a couple and their beautiful young daughter. One day, the parents discovered that their daughter was pregnant. Angry and distraught, they demanded to know the name of the father. At first, the girl would not confess, but after much harassment, she named Hakuin. The furious parents confronted Hakuin, berating him in front of all of his students. And what did he say? He simply replied, is that so? Can you imagine? <laughs> what if you are, and this happens all the time, right? In our life, there are times when things, we are misunderstood, judged, um, disrespected, attacked. Things are happening in the world all the time. Violence with words, violence with thoughts. We do this in our mind, right? We attack ourselves for not being kind, right? So is that so? Can we say that? When that's happening in our mind, when you think that, oh, I should be this way, I shouldn't be this way. Is that so? Really? Well, Hakuin's case, this was kind of extreme, right? He was accused in front of all the students. And the students eventually left him. So I'll go on with the story. When the baby was born, the family gave, the family gave it to Hakuin. By this time, he had lost his reputation and his, and his disciples. But Hakuin was not disturbed. He took delight in caring for the infant child. He was able to obtain milk and other essentials from the villagers. A year later, the young mother of the child was troubled by great remorse. She confessed the truth to her parents. The real father was not Hakuin, but rather a young man who worked at the local fish market. <laughs> the more... <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know why, why it's funny, but it is funny. <laughs> the mortified parents went to Hakuin apologizing, asking his forgiveness for the wrong they did him. They asked Hakuin to return the baby. <laughs> and although he loved the child as his own, Hakuin was willing to give him up without complaint. All he said was, is that so? It's kind of an unbelievable story, right? <laughs> but you know what, guys? This is what we are, our hearts are moving towards, 
in the world. All of us. Violence, judgment, all those things, painful things in the world, despair, death. Is, is that so? The capacity to hold that. It's so... It's just so much, right? It feels too much sometimes. But every one of us are able to do this. It starts with a baby step. It starts with your own mind, being kind to your own mind, being receptive, open to others' love. When our hearts feel tight, we can breathe, relax, and feel it's okay. It's okay. I'm right here with you. My tight heart, I can be here as long as you want me to. Patient. And it kind of breaks my heart about Hakuin because he cared for this child like his own. And then he had to give it up. It's like you cherish, right? You cherish something that you love. Like, but you know what? In this, this lineage, we're always doing this. This is the practice. Like the kitchen practice. What Inosan was taking care of the meditation hall. Everybody else who's Straighten up cushions. When we straighten up cushions, we put all ourselves into our cushions. We take care of them like babies. Here, it's not easy, you know, <laughs> especially when I go back home. Picking up the spoon, even my meditation cushion at home. Maybe I. I'm very meticulous about even single, you know, fabric on this cushion. But when I go home, my own cushion is harder. That's why we come here. <laughs> but we put our heart. So dearest, the most dearest thing, giving away. But that's what we do as parents, don't we? We love our child so much. And every single one of us is so cared for. There is always someone who cared for us. Otherwise, we won't be here. Our ancestors, right? Our parents. They do our, the best they can. So we're here right now. It's hard to receive that fully, you know, of course. But then as parents, you know, as teenager parent, <laughs> there maybe there are other teenager parents in here. It's hard sometimes because teenager wants to say, no, I don't want your attention. I hate you. 
You are always so righteous. Get out of my room. <laughs> you know? When my son, uh, he doesn't like to go to school, unfortunately. And it's actually really painful for me to be right there with him, close with my heart to his suffering. He, has, he, he is suffering. He wants to be there. But sometimes his body doesn't want to go. So he struggles with this aspiration to make it there, but his body is saying no. And it's sometimes very hard. And sometimes I'm too sweet, maybe, and say, especially after session, you know, med long meditation, I go home and I say, oh, you don't have to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> very spacious, you know. Not quite sure if that's the right answer, but <laughs> but next day he suffered even more because now he was used to not going to school, and he he was full of remorse for staying at home. Poor thing, and I saw him suffering, and so I I wanted to be close to him. I and I wanted to figure out, you know, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? And he didn't want me to be there. He was having a hard time. He said, I want you to be out of my room. And I could feel his heartbreak, like he's just pain. And I didn't want to leave that room, but I left the room. And as soon as I closed that room, I heard him bawling. My heart broke, you know. I wanted to open up and I just hug him. But no, my Zen practice helped me at that moment. Leave him, you know. Let, let go. Let him be who he is. Let him have the whole pain. It's hard. It's such a hard practice. But equanimity is like that. Equanimity is understanding the impermanence. You know, we come here and we go. We can't hold on. We can't hold on to anything. We want to, right? We want to hold on. We want to hold on to our dear things. So this practice is very hard. And yet, it's wondrous, you know, because by opening up to that level of grief, of loss, of death, giving up that dear thing, everything else pours in into your life. And we're, um, you know, I aspire with all of you, this, this uh, practice of equanimity. What time is it now?
I bet Hakuin, although it sounds like he was so equanimous, saying, is that so? I'm sure that his heart has broken when he had to let go. I'm sure when people attacked him, insulted and disrespected him, I bet he wasn't, it wasn't pleasant, you know? He had to stay with that discomfort. He had to stay with that disrespect. He had to hold on to perhaps, he could have been sharp-tempered, this urge to strike back, you know? He had to watch that carefully. And that's what we are doing here too. We are no different than Hakuin. Okay, um, I think that's it. May our intention Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.